Hey, it's Brandon, host of Transform Your Workplace. This show is all about providing you the tools and the resources to thrive in your organization so you can attract and retain the people that you need to thrive in the future. If you want to learn more about Zenium, who is the hosting sponsor of this podcast, you can go to zeniumhr.com and learn all about our HR consulting, compensation, services, payroll processing, and much more. Okay, so this episode is a rebroadcast from a live stream event I did with Sarah Bradley. We're calling it Friday Coffee with Zenium. And this episode in particular was about work from home well-being. So you'll hear from Sarah Bradley, who's on our HR team. She provides tons of tips and resources about how to have more balance and well-being in your life. So this is a dual purpose. It's for you as an individual who's likely working from home. And this is also for your people. So there, you know, if you're a people leader, this, this is going to give you tons of tools and resources that you can implement right away. So hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. We would appreciate any review or rating that you could give us. And of course, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram for the most part. And then you can find me on Twitter, uh, Facebook as well. But don't spend a lot of time there. Enjoy the episode today and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, welcome to Friday Coffee with Zenium. I'm Brandon Laws, and I'm facilitating a discussion with Sarah Bradley. You're at Zenium. Good morning. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm good. Um, as we were talking about before we were going live, things were kind of smooth sailing this morning with the kids and getting them situated. So it's yeah, my it's nice my husband those mornings. Yeah, my husband actually knew I had um, this chat, so he took both the kids oh, to uh, daycare this morning, got him a little donut, and I had a little free time to myself, so perfect. That is fantastic. Well, I'm glad to have you on. So this this started, we're, we're talking about wellness and well-being, and this started because I saw that you had done a presentation for a client, and the slide deck that you had was amazing and just great content, and I'm like, everybody could use this right now. It doesn't matter if you're a leader, a contributor-level employee, or just struggling at home and need some tips. So I thought I'd bring you on to have a discussion and, you know, people who are, who are live right now, we have, we have plenty of people watching. So feel free if you're on uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook, feel free to, to write in some comments, tell us where you're listening from, tell us what you're drinking for coffee or tea. I've got my, my black coffee right here, but feel free to tell us what you're struggling with, anything like that. And luckily, we actually promoted this in advance, and we have a ton of questions from people who plan to engage. So uh, let's start with yes. this, Sarah. I think yeah. the the why behind all of this is is really important. So, you know, what areas of our life, what areas of wellness should we really be focusing on when we talk about like well being holistically? Yeah, you know, to start, I think that's a that's a personal thing. I think wellness looks different for for everybody. 
Um, and it's multidimensional. So I think for some of us, we might think that wellness is just a physical feeling. How is our physical health? Right. But it also includes our mental health, spiritual, financial, and even environmental. So do we feel safe in the environment we're in right now? So again, I think that's a, a personal thing. Um, and it also is something that can change over time based off of what's happening in your life. Yeah. You and I are both working parents um, and we both have unique situations. You've got basically a newborn right now. How old is your... your well, he's, he's nine months. But, oh, gosh. Uh, time, time's flying by. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's gone fast, yes. Yeah. And so what's that experience been like for you? I mean, when you talk about well-being, when you're balancing all that, trying to work and just manage the household, like what is that experience like for you? Yeah. So I have two boys, three years and, and under. So, um, and two working parents in the home and, and we do have some part-time help, which I'm very thankful for. But in the beginning of, of the pandemic, um, we didn't, we lost daycare and we were just trying to make do and it was really challenging, I think, just being pulled in so many different directions, people needing you, whether it's at work or your kids. <laughs> um, and that was a really, to be honest, it was a terrible feeling because you just don't have the time or energy to be present at all times. It, it's gotten better. We've gotten some care, <laughs> um, yeah. some daycare back into our life and um, things have calmed down a bit, but I think it depends on the day. Some days I feel like I'm on top of the world and doing really well and, and other days are tough. So yeah, it, it's been an interesting ride and you know that this is something we live and breathe, wellness, but again, I think just to be transparent, it's difficult for everybody right now. Yeah, it's interesting what you just said because yesterday I facilitated a discussion with the Zenium team on uh, like we do a book club like probably every three months and we did the year of yes by Shonda Rhimes and just what you said because she's saying like you know you say yes to something you're giving up on something else and it's like you just can't be everywhere and so asking for help is really important to your just mental well-being absolutely and family life so I'm so glad that you have help now because Early on when everything is shut down and it's just, you know, daycares and schools, like, I don't know how everybody does it. Yeah, it's it's been insane. And, you know, I think that's where employers come in, you know, how can we support our employees through the challenges they're facing right now? We were sort of thrust into this work from home environment. And um, I think it's really important now that we're a year in, how can we go back and, and really take a look at what we're doing for our employees and are they doing okay? How can we better support them? Yeah. When people or organizations intentionally focus on wellness, what kind of results can people see from this? There's a lot of areas that you were talking about, like spiritual, financial, physical, mental. There's a lot of areas of wellness to focus on. So, you know, if you do that, what can you expect? Yeah. I think when you, you know, from a, a personal experience, when I holistically feel healthy and I'm in a good state of, of wellness. I have improved energy, which correlates to being able to combat stress or any challenges that come my way. Um, also improve relationships. You have the energy to, and time to put into relationships, um, whether that's personal or at work. And also, I think one of the more apparent things might be just the decrease in serious health issues that might arise, you know, when we take care of ourselves. 
and greater productivity. That's one of the main things I think that, that I've seen when I take care of my health and do the things that I know I need for myself, whether it's getting a lunchtime workout in, I can come back to my work and have greater energy and more productivity. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when you take care of yourself, you have energy to take care of other people and serve your clients and yep. and so many other things. And that's why there's like books written on putting on your oxygen mask first. And yeah. you know why as a leader, you need to take care of yourself first because how are you going to show up every day if you don't have your stuff put together? It's Absolutely. really hard because everybody's going through something. We're all bringing whatever we have with us at home to work and vice versa. So it's, it's all connected. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, from a personal standpoint that I've had challenges with is I'm in a client facing role and I have high expectations of the customer service and care that I have for my clients. But truly I have to understand that unless I put energy and time into my well-being, again, I can't serve them to my best best ability. It's important to take care of yourself first. Let's get into some of the questions that people submitted in advance. So uh, one of the things that I'm really curious about is how much or little employers should be getting involved in this whole wellness stuff. Like, are they responsible for it? Or is it at the individual level that we're responsible for it? How, you know, how do you think about that? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I think from an employer standpoint, I think there's resources that we can offer to employees, um, such as the employee assistance program, um, maybe gym memberships, massages. I think the most important thing that employers can offer is just the time and the green light to say, hey, go take a, a workout on your lunch break. You know, and, and employees feeling that it's okay to take care of themselves. And, you know, if an employer does all of that, at that point, I do think it's up to the employee to take some initiative to take care of their health. But I think it starts with the employer and um, continues with the employer to do check-ins with their employees to see how they're doing and encourage them to take care of themselves. And also model that from a leadership standpoint. I was going to say that too. Modeling is the most important thing. I I think it's employees are always watching. And if you have a leader who is like talking out one side of their mouth saying like, oh, you should focus on wellness and then they don't do it themselves. I'm not going to follow that. Like employees (laughs) are just going to work just as hard and and grind out as, as their leaders doing. But when a leader might publicly say, I'm taking a mental health day. Let's destigmatize that for one. And I think by leaders talking about it, I think change can actually happen. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And and I don't know about you, but coming from a sports athletic background, I think for me, health was always a physical mindset. Um, And being in this pandemic and and just what we've experienced in the last year, um, I don't think I knew how much I needed to focus on mental health and how much it does affect our everyday life. And so if we don't focus on it, you know, it turns into employees being absent, um, lost productivity. There's just a number of things that can come from not being able to focus on our mental health and taking it seriously. So here's a biggie, the separation of, of work and Ooh. home life. I mean, being at home, everything's sort of 
bleeds together. You know, for those that are like they're working at home, not going into an office, mm-hmm. you literally walk from your room or wherever you're coming from right into your office and start working. There's no commute time. There's no nothing. So the separation is just non-existent. Yeah. How do you separate those two? Like you said, I, I think that is challenging and we're a year in and I think some of us are still trying to figure that out. I think the biggest thing is to set boundaries and that in itself is is difficult. And I think what that looks like is first identifying what your non-negotiables are and priorities in terms of, of work and, and personal life. Um, and, and using that information to, to set boundaries, communicate to your coworkers and, and management if you can, and, and hold yourself accountable. So, you know, for instance, that might, I can speak for myself, my, the area I'm sitting in right now is actually in our master bedroom. Um, yes. (laughs) And so I will tell you that it's difficult. This is the physical space we unfortunately have. I wish I had an office, but we just don't. And in order to separate myself, I try and and leave my room when I'm not in a meeting because otherwise I'm sleeping and working, you know, nine, 10 hours a day in, in the same room. It's a lot. And I would say the other thing is if you do have a separate physical space you can work in apart from where you unwind and relax, that's the best thing, but we don't always have that. So it's putting away your laptop. It's putting away the, the papers on your desk that you can see the things that might give you stress when you're trying to relax. Right. Yeah. Because of the part two of this question was like, it feels like I'm always on responding to emails and yeah, I mean, if you don't put away your phone or you don't put it away your laptop and it's always within an arm's reach, you will feel like that. Um, yeah. And I think you also like by responding in off hours or engaging with people in off hours, you're not only setting a, a bad example in a way, and you know, I do it all the time. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm just trying to model like what I, idealistically it would look like. But yeah. if you are responding to people in off hours, they're going to see that behavior. So then they're going to know that they can catch you at all times. Yes. It's a vicious cycle because then it, they're going to expect more of you and that same type right. of behavior, you know, that you're going to respond at 8, 9 p.m. or the middle yep. of dinner with your kids. So yeah. that, self, that always on term mm-hmm. is, is sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way like you, you almost created on your own. But then by doing it, people will continue to hit you up at those times because you're doing it. So it is, you're right. It's a vicious cycle. The way I think to get rid of it is to put your phone away. Yeah. Set those boundaries. And I think what's been helpful for me is again, identifying what your priorities are. I know that dinner with my family is really important. And from 4.30 PM to 7.30 PM, it's just chaotic in my house and I need to attend to my family and children. And so what's been helpful is instead of feeling guilty about that, because I, there has been times where I do feel guilty about that, um, that I should be working, but it's just communicating to your manager and coworkers. Hey, this is my time with my family. I can't reply to you right now, but I will later this evening or tomorrow morning. And so I think just that communication piece for me has really helped to lessen the the guilt that I might feel for not always being on. This next question, I'd love to hear from audience members what what they're doing here, but how do you keep yourself motivated day after day 
in the working from home just environment is there anything that you do or if you mix things up like i would just love to hear from you what keeps you going yeah um again i think this is different for for everyone but something that resonated with me recently and that we talk about quite a bit within my team and i think lacy my manager is even watching here but um something we've talked about is when things are feeling monotonous or I'm in my my bedroom, you know, so many hours in the day. What are the things that fill you up? And how can you incorporate those things into the responsibilities you have for the day? So, you know, for me, how I stay motivated is taking a look at at some of my responsibilities that are on my plate and where can I add in things that really fill me up that I'm right. interested in? And I think the second piece of that that is important is connecting with people. For me, that is something that is motivating. And I think we've, of course, lost that when we're not in the workplace anymore. And if there's a way that you can connect with people that you work with uh, via Zoom or just even a phone call, I know we're so, you know, over Zoom sometimes, but I find motivation through the great relationships that I have. Um, And that might even be from a friend outside of work. It doesn't have to be, you know, someone within work. Yeah. To your point, the whole motivation thing, it is, it's a very personal thing. And so it's different for everybody. And that's why I'm like, I'm curious what people would say about it. And so I'm hoping people would write in some comments about what keeps them motivated. But if I think about myself, it's, it starts with getting a good night's sleep and and maybe even Mm -hmm. understanding what my priorities are for the day. So just having a plan in itself and being refreshed is to me motivating. You talked about relationships and connection. That is so key for me. I get energy from other people and without the Mm -hmm. the face-to-face connection, it's tough, but Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other things, yeah. it's the next, next best option. And so that's what yeah. we got. And I do feel motivated from that. I will say, too, that I often, and I don't, maybe you have your own model for how to get exercise, but in the morning, typically I will put on workout gear. And you know, I'll do calls throughout the day, and people will see Love me in my workout gear. But it's motivation for me because I know that like when I'm feeling burned out throughout the day, mm-hmm. I'm just going to take a break and go get on the Peloton bike or whatever for 30 yeah. minutes and just get refreshed. And to me that then that means the second part of my day is going to be like, more, I'm going to have more energy again. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that keeps me motivated. Yeah. I, I agree with you there for me, you know, physical activity also um, is a motivating factor. And I think one of the other things for me, too, that Lacey and I actually just talked about was opportunities to learn. So if I'm having a rough day and just, gosh, the work that's coming across my plate is is maybe things that are not super motivating, mm-hmm. um, where can I find an opportunity to, to learn something new? Because for me, increasing knowledge is motivating for me. It makes me want to jump back into work and consult better, help people. So another thing to think about there. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. I, d- I really hadn't thought about that, where if you're learning new things and you're staying curious and asking new questions or meeting yeah. new people, that's motivation in itself because you're just like, oh, wow, I just unlocked this whole different part of my brain and learned something new yes. that I might be able to apply. I mean, that's that's really cool. Since we're on that topic of just learning, yeah. is there anything employers can do or maybe even use an individual that could help uh, ignite the learning experience a little bit more while working from home? 
Um, again, I think providing resources and, and time and communicating that it's it's an option and encouraging employees to to take the time to do it. What's interesting too is um, a couple of our team members took a virtual training together. This was a couple months back. Mm. And what they said, it, it was actually a good opportunity for them to connect and almost socialize with each other. And I know that sounds odd, but you know we're 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 in the situation we're in right now, and I just wanted to bring that up. That's a way that team members can connect right now is taking a training together, and you know following up after that and connecting on on what they learned and what they took away. I just thought that was a interesting piece of information from our team. Yeah, since we're talking about connection with people, one of the mm-hmm. questions that came up was, you know, the Zoom happy hour. I think people are kind of burned out from that. It's just, I mean, I've been on them too, where you're like, you do a happy hour and there's like 25 people on a screen and you're not sure who can talk. And it's just, there's nothing coordinated about it. It's just like kind of a free for all. And I think people are burned out from that. So if there's anything you can think of, and, and I have some ideas too, for like, how do you create a connection with people in a virtual environment? That's not as boring as just a simple zoom happy hour like any ideas from you yeah um again this is a real challenge and and i think it's going to differ depending on um your employee base but i think some of the things that we've had positive feedback about have been you know things such as virtual or um virtual tea or coffee tasting or even wine tasting you know Wine tasting, learning how to make a cocktail. Um, my husband actually, mm. he had a box sent to him prior to a team building meeting um, with all the things that he would need to make a cocktail. And they wow. had a bartender who facilitated and then they'd have breakout sessions where they had um, some smaller conversations with folks. And I think the important thing right now is you're right in those virtual happy hours. If there's not structure, people don't necessarily want to participate because things are really busy right now. They may have children they got to get to. And I think we just see more participation if it's a structured activity. And I know you, you know, being on our Excite culture team within Mm -hmm. Zenium, um, some of the games that you have put together have been really fun and engaging. I don't know if you want to speak on that. I can speak to the the things that we've done and the things that I want to do that I just like haven't found the time for. But uh, we do a book club, as I had mentioned. So we pick a book and then people sign up for it. And then we usually have like 25, 30 people sign up. And then usually, you know, stuff happens. And I think yesterday we had about 12 people on the Mm -hmm. call, but there is structure to that. So that's always fun. We do breakout groups in our all team meetings. And those are always fun to start the meetings, getting people talking and engaged. So we usually structure a couple of questions and then put people in these random breakout groups to interact with people. They probably don't, I mean, it's randomized. So they probably have, you know, it's cross department and just don't Mm -hmm. get a chance to interact with them. In the past, we've done what's called Zen Connects. It's like we randomly put people, pair people up and like send them a gift card or something to buy coffee. And they would have like a one-on-one with somebody that's not in their department. They 
you know, probably don't work with very often. And then, you know, we give them some conversation starters if they need them, but otherwise it's just sort of this organic, like get to know you sort of thing. And, you know, we're trying to build connection and trust across our organization. So I think activities like that are helpful. I mean, we've done fun games like trivia. We use an app called Kahoot. That's really fun. I think a lot of schools use it because it's Mm -hmm. got a, a whimsical interface to it. Something free is Scribble IO, and it's basically Pictionary, but in like yes. a group, you just go right to that website and you could like start a Pictionary game. Uh, but you, I think you need Zoom or something to do the virtual piece to it, and then otherwise you can just play the game. And then something else I really want to do, but it's just a lot of coordination, would be employee uh, resource groups. Uh, there's probably a lot of different names for them, but basically like little cohorts and groups of like there could be hobbies or a topic or something like let's say we had a group of employees that were really uh, they really wanted to take the DEI initiatives forward and so yeah. they could get together and discuss it about how to improve this I mean, there could be a wellness cohort there could be a mini book club there could be whatever but like these employee resource groups of people who you know have interest in the same thing or right. want to learn or something. And that's a way to connect. So I've, I've heard of people doing that and I, I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, or even just, you know, projects within the organization pairing two people up that wouldn't normally cross paths or associate yeah. with one another. That's a way to build connection. I think it's important to, to talk about one-on-ones and, and oh, small yeah. team meetings too. You know, those are things I, I think we don't always include in, in terms of, a source of connection, but it really is. I think we've had some really impactful conversations in, in what was meant to be just a, a weekly team meeting. Um, and it has really built trust and connection between our team. So just those simple one-on-one conversations, how are you doing, you know, talking about things going on in the world and how that's impacting us further builds connection for sure. Let's go back to the individual level. There's there's several questions that people asked, and I think it would just be really good of us to to talk about it out loud. So a question that came in, it's very specific, but this person asked, should I feel guilty about doing chores in between work tasks? I want to know what your perspective is on this. I have my own answer, but what do you say to that? Uh-huh. I would say, I hope you don't. Yes. <laughs> the caveat there is, are you getting your work done? You know, hopefully you're, you're in a place where you might have some autonomy with your schedule and flexibility with the work, but, you know, as employers and managers, I think we're looking at the overall package. Are, are you performing and completing your work? If so, I think taking five minutes here and there to put clothes in the washer is, is not a big deal. And given the circumstances we're, we're in right now, that's, sometimes what we need to be doing. There's times when I have to step away for 30 minutes. I know Tyler talked about this on on the last live show with you, but to take care of our children and then coming back to work when when we can. So I do resonate with feeling guilty at times. And again, the thing that has helped me push that feeling aside is just communicating to who I might need to within the organization, what I'm doing, or, you know, I'll be back in 30 minutes once I put my child down for a nap. The communication piece has been really important. What you said about like, are you getting your work done? I think that's that's the paradigm shift that a lot of employers, uh, managers, they, they need to make in their mind is the butt in the seat thing 
I, that's yeah. a thing of the past. I yeah. mean, I hope people who are listening are in a position where they, they manage people and they realize that results are what matters at the end of the day. And that's that's how performance is based on. Like when you do performance reviews or one-on-ones or check-ins and and base people's performance, are you really basing it on people like, oh, I saw that you were sitting from nine to five. Congratulations, <laughs> you did your job. No, it's it, nobody does performance based on that. It's like, did you get the work done and how, like, what was the quality? You know, are you serving your clients? Like whatever it may be. So the answer to the question of, should I feel guilty about doing chores in between work tasks? Absolutely not. Yeah. Every, everybody needs a break. And it kind of coincides with this like other question, which is what are tips for not sitting at your desk too long? It's, it's something like that. It's like, you know, if you need to go change the laundry or yeah, unload and, the dishwasher, like take the dog for a walk, whatever it may be, just stand up. And these are things that right circle back to your overall wellness and yeah. how are you feeling? Cause the better we feel physically, mentally, spiritually, the better work we can produce. You know, and I think that's what we're all looking for to be successful at work. And our employers are looking for us to be successful as well. So ways not to sit in our <laughs> our seats. I think any opportunity to take a meeting outside. So I, my one of my old employers used to call it a walk and talk. Stepping away from Zoom and going back to just a cell phone conversation. If you need to do a one-on-one conversation and get some steps and fresh air in, I think standing up during meetings or trainings. Um, again, if you have the opportunity in a, in a screen that might raise, getting in some squats right after a call or during a call, turning off your <laughs> yeah. video for a second if you don't want someone watching. That's smart. That's smart. I like that. <laughs> I, I think too, you know, strategically positioning maybe your, your water bottle in the kitchen so you have you have a moment to, you need a drink of water, you've got to walk into the kitchen and step away. It's being strategic and, and mindful of what you need. If you're feeling like you need to get up to step aside and, and do it and know that it's okay. And um, overall, it's improving your wellness. Yeah. One uh, just kind of work and productivity tip that's related to this that I, w- I want to share is if you're scheduling a meeting and it's six, let's say it's 60 minutes, for example, Mm-hmm. Let people out at 55 minutes. Give people five minutes in between meetings. A lot of people are scheduling back to back. And yeah. I think when you give them that five minutes, they can get up for a walk and go to the restroom, get a snack, like just clear their head before their next thing. Because too often I'm seeing people going from one thing to the next with no break in between. And like if you're sitting the whole time, like that's just not healthy. So I encourage yeah. you if you're facilitating a meeting and you're in control of the agenda, let people out. If it's 30 minutes, let them out at 25, 27 minutes. If it's an hour, 55 minutes. Yeah. I've heard from some employees that, you know, they've had so many back-to-back meetings that they don't even have an opportunity to eat, you know? And it's like, that's not the work environment that we want for our employees, you know? That's going to lead to overall burnout. (laughs) And again, we, we don't have the energy to put back into our work and to serve clients or customers. Yeah. We need the opportunity to take care of ourselves. Exercise. We were talking about exercise a little bit, but how do you, you know, how do you schedule exercise throughout your day? You know, any tips for individuals who are like, I just need to get more exercise, but I don't know how. I don't. You maybe they don't have the equipment or mm-hmm. the resources, but what, what's your perspective on this? Yeah. So, so first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the start of the week. I would say I take a look at my my schedule 
um, my work schedule? And then also what does my personal life look like? And I, at that point, try and identify some times that I can block out on my calendar, or maybe it's before work or 8 p.m. at night after the kids are in bed. I try and identify those times early on in the week and hold myself accountable to them. Because again, I know that when I spend time on myself, especially in terms of exercising, that's one of the, the main ways that I feel energized. I can put more back into the relationships I have and, and the work that I produce. You know, there's a lot of, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a lot of companies, um, fitness companies offering free resources in terms of exercise programs. So if you don't have access to weights at home, um, a Peloton, it's raining outside. There are a lot of free resources out there that can really support you in, in terms of getting out that physical energy. Yeah. Do you think employers should, I mean, at this point, provide any sort of wellness services like exercise, gym memberships, anything like subsidies for that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great perk. I think, again, the, the caveat there and something that's super important is encouraging employees to actually use it, providing the time for employees to use it, and modeling that from a leadership standpoint. Um, I think we can pay for people's gym memberships, but if they have so much on their plate and can't step away from their desk or reprimanded for stepping away for an hour, like, you know, it's it doesn't make sense. So I think the, the bigger piece of that is making sure that we are providing environment where employees can step away for a moment and focus on yeah. their health. Yeah. You've said it several times, the modeling. I think for managers and leaders listening, you've got to step up. It's a challenging time for everybody, and especially for employees who feel like they need to grind it out all the time and they're just not focusing on their well-being. Model that behavior because I think it's going to make everybody better. It's going to be ingrained in your culture if you do it that way. And I yeah. think that's just... That, that makes a culture pretty special. People want to come work for you and they want to stay there if if they see that type of behavior and it's encouraged. So I think it's, yeah. it's good stuff. And it, that translates too to, um, it's not just, I'm going to exercise on my lunch, a person in leadership <laughs> saying that it's, um, my child is sick. I'm going to take the day off and take care of my child. That's also part of our wellness, being able to take care of the overall needs within our personal life. So yeah. Again, another place where leadership can model that and it really impacts our employees. Yeah. On the, just the, the holistic well-being side of just, you know, what can employers be providing for employees? I, I've seen this thing floating around on social media, which is kind of funny and ironic at the same time. But it's like the employers give an employee like a, um, let's say, a, like a lunch and learn how to meditate or mindfulness or whatever. But it's like, no, you know watching a webinar on my lunch hour is not quite <laughs> cutting it. Like what can employers do? Like what resources are there available? What should they be doing to encourage people to take control of their wellness? I think talking about it, communicating that what we're going through right now is, is been really difficult, normalizing mental health and making it a, priority within the organization and encouraging, again, employees to, to take the time to focus on, on what they need, continuing to ask questions on how employees can be supported and, and how they're doing just really means a lot. Well, Sarah, this has been 
so much fun. I mean, this is a huge topic and something that people, like you said, need to continue talking about. You know, what resources have you come across from like, um, you know, free apps and things like that, that employees, well, really anybody could you know download or access that's going to help them with this whole conversation. Yeah, so like I said, there's a number of um, you know larger companies such as Nike and, and Peloton that are that are offering some of those free exercise programs that you yeah. can watch. I think Orange Theory is actually doing a, a 30 minute free workout on their website awesome. every day that you can go stream. In terms of like mindfulness and meditation, there's also apps like Calm and Breathe. Yeah. I think 10% Happier is a popular one. Journaling. I think you recently have talked about yeah. journaling has been part of... Um, Therapeutic. It really yeah. is. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. If meditation is not your thing, maybe journaling is. It's it's a moment for us to pause, um, to take time for ourselves, to get some thoughts out on paper. And, and maybe that's something that helps your overall wellness. Yeah. So there's a lot of apps out there and, and maybe, you know, something we can talk about in the future is putting together a, a resource page for, for our clients and, and listeners. I'm looking at a resource page that you put together right now, actually, just why <laughs> I prompted you to, to answer that question. But I mean, tons of great links and stuff. And it's nice that there's so many of these free resources out there. One thing that I found early on when I was like, working out at home a lot was YouTube is a great place oh, to yes. find so many exercises in there. You know, some of them don't even require equipment. So that's, mm-hmm. a. I mean, not even just exercise. I mean, there's meditation and all sorts of stuff on YouTube. So that's a great resource. Yes. As well. And then also, I mean, if Instagram is your thing, there are a ton of people on Instagram that are offering free workouts as well, whether it's not necessarily a, a live video, but maybe a list of, you know, certain workouts that you can, you can do. And a lot of them too, you know, we may not have the resources such as weights or dumbbells, those type of things. So again, finding ways to, to exercise and focus on your health without using that equipment. There are, there are resources out there available for that. Yeah. Sarah, this has been amazing. You, you're amazing. Like, thanks for providing so much value to, to the audience and all that. Where can people, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah. Um, so I, um, am, you know, an employee of, of Zenium and I, have an email address or phone number, but yes, we'd be happy to connect with anyone who might want more information. Please reach out and happy to have a conversation with you. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in everybody. Have a great Friday and uh, we'll keep doing these live streams and feel free to reach out to me and like LinkedIn or, or wherever. And there's topics you want to learn about. I'll, I'll find the expert on it. So <laughs> thanks for tuning in today. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Brandon.